Welcome back to another episode of Thoughts. My name is Hamish Stewart. And my name is Katie Moody. Today we are speaking to GUAS, which is the Glasgow University Art Appreciation Society. And we are going to speak to two of their board members, Belen Debacco and Charlotte Kleiner, about some of the articles on their blog. Hello, everybody. Would you both like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm a fourth year history and philosophy student. Hi, I'm Belen. I'm a third year history of art and English literature student. Okay, amazing, amazing. It's so good to have you guys on the show. Um, so tell us what GUAS is. So GUAS is the Glasgow Uni Art Appreciation Society. As the name indicates, we like anything that is related to art. We used to do a lot of art exhibitions, like flat exhibitions, for example, to celebrate the artists at um, Glasgow Uni. But we also like to discover the Glasgow art scene. And then this year, since we obviously had to move everything online, we've also done some art pub quizzes. And then we also had a collab event, for example, with the Sewing Society, which was an embroidery workshop and where we talked about the Scottish arts and crafts movement. Now, we're going to talk in particular about Artgate. So tell the listeners what exactly is Artgate. So Artgate is a blog that was born during lockdown. We saw the bad effect that lockdown had on students' mental health. And we kind of wanted to do something against isolation and kind of provide the solution to that. And what we wanted to do is to create a kind of network of collaborators. And so we started being open to contributions and we started writing articles ourselves. And we created, our aim was to create a positive online environment where we could talk about art, uh, but art not only visual art, also literature, theater, whatever. And in order to protect art, we have to appreciate it. So that's the main aim of Artgate. Amazing. Um, so I think now we're maybe going to hear some summaries of some posts that are on the Artgate blog. Charlotte, do you want to go first? Right. Um, OK, so this summer I published an article on Walter Benjamin's essay, The Work of Art in the Age of Its Technological Reproducibility which he published in 1936 while he was exiled in France. And basically the main idea of this essay is to find a new definition of what a piece of art is now that it has become technologically reproducible. And like, what does he mean by that? It's basically, he notices that, for example, in photography and film, there's no real original as we are used to talk. Like usually what we like about a piece of art is actually like very closely linked to the fact that it's an original. So like, for example, an exact copy of the Mona Lisa isn't the Mona Lisa and therefore we value it a lot less. But then he basically noticed that in photography or in cinema, it doesn't really make sense to talk about the original because what is the original? Is it the film, the negative? that you take out of the camera, or is it the first print, but what distinguishes the first print from the second one, etc. So um, basically this like whole idea of the original, which he calls the aura, um, gets lost. Um, okay, so Charlotte, so what is the aura for Benjamin? It's basically anything that makes the piece unique. So it's the artist who created um, this work, it's the technique he used or she used, the material, the support, it's the inspiration, but also like the time period or where it is exhibited. So the aura is also anything that is the here and now of the piece. And what he means by that is 
for example, the fact that when you are in the museum and looking at a piece, there's something that you can't reproduce. So if you look at a painting, um, let's take Guernica, you look at Guernica in the Reina Sofia Museum in Madrid. If you look at it at the Kelvin Grove, something will feel differently about the painting because the room isn't the same, the, the lighting, etc. And yeah, basically in the cinema, there's no such thing as an aura because the film is exactly the same in any cinema. And does he think this loss of an aura is good or bad or neutral? First, we might think that is a bad thing, but he actually argues that it's a good thing because basically what he, so he wrote this essay in the 30s while he was in exile because he had to flee the Nazis in Germany. And what he noticed was that one of the appeals of the Nazi movement in Germany was their use of art and aesthetic procedures to appeal to the masses. And Benjamin thought that was really dangerous. So like the whole like propaganda art and, and all these things. So he actually thought that losing the aura was a good thing because what he noticed fascists and Nazis were doing was using the aura to then numb basically the people. So like there was the whole cult of the genius, for example, in the Nazis, and they would do like really big mass events where they would appeal to, like they would create an aura to make the political message more powerful. And Benjamin thought that was really dangerous. So therefore he thought losing the aura would eventually be beneficial because then you could use art you could politicize art, which is, in his opinion, the opposite of what the Nazis are doing to wake the masses up, because what he thinks the Nazis are doing is aestheticizing politics, which is dangerous because you empty the politics of the message and just put them in this void packaging that looks pretty. But what is important is actually to have a message that is conveyed in a powerful way, which you would do if you politicize art. And how does that relate to reproducibility? Because it seems like propaganda is much easier to spread if it's reproducible. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, this is something he doesn't really address, I think, in his essay. Or he doesn't make it really clear why the Nazis wouldn't do that. So he like, yeah, he tries to make this distinction between aestheticization of <laughs> politics and politicization of art. And basically, the reproducibility can be used in good and bad ways. Okay. Right, shall we move on to the next article? Yeah. Okay, so the article I wrote is titled The Body in Modern and Postmodern Spaces. And practically what I describe is mainly two artworks by two different artists. One is by Anthony Gormley and it's the installation, the 2007 itinerant installation called Event Horizon and how Gormley explores the body and the place of the body in postmodern spaces, specifically in industrialized cities. And then I contrast this with the modernist space that the Italian artist Umberto Boccioni explores through his sculpture, Unique Forms of Continuity in Space, which was done in 1913. And the main difference is practically that Boccioni fully embraced modernity and the machine and he actually was projected towards the future and how man and machine would kind of practically coexist. Yeah, that is super, super interesting. So could you describe uh, in a little bit more detail what the two works of art of both artists were? 
yes so they both are practically the human body that's the starting point and boccioni is practically a bronze figure that shows a weird type of shape which you then understand that it's a human body but it's because he wants to emphasize the plasticity that dynamism gives to the body and therefore he explores the fourth dimension which in art and visual art is difficult to explore because it's time and time in space and cubists were also the first ones to explore this so he tries to further take this in a kind of futurist vision therefore fully embracing this mechanization of the world and of the human body too so the other one is an installation it was itinerant in the sense that it was, it started in 2007 and it was exhibited at Hong Kong, London, New York, different parts of the world. And it was interesting because the reaction of the viewers was really weird. You practically found these plaster casts in the middle of a city, like in a skyline on a building or in the sea even. And people uh, thought it was they were real people. So, you know, uh, some people even called the police saying, oh, there's, there's a man, you know, on the top of a building. It's just weird. No, it's just a plaster cast by Gormley. So that was interesting. But what he does is practically exploring stillness within the dynamism of the postmodern space, which is like a, the emblem of it is the, the big cities like New York, for example. And so he wants you to stop and reflect about going beyond, but going beyond space means also exploring your feelings without being subjected by the space surrounding you, like Boccioni does with his sculpture. So I think that's the main point he does. The body can be more than the dynamism imposed by the space surrounding you, and you have to look inwards. Right, that's probably all we have time for, but thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Thoughts. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at thoughts underscore UFG, like us on Facebook at thoughts UFG, and follow us on Twitter at thoughts UFG.